0: Um, yeah, I'm glad, you know, every week I'm really glad that we do this because normally I have some sort of apropos situation uh, that you can usually help me solve through okay. the magic of podcasting. <laughs> and this week is no different. That's right. I have a ding dang ghost in my house again. Uh, it's not the one that so the it's not the closet off of its hanger. No, no closet ghost. Uh It is. Uh, it's Casper. But this time. He's not friendly. He's Casper, the not friendly ghost. And I don't mean he's like a mean or an evil ghost. He's not screwing stuff up. He's just kind of vaguely rude. Uh, <laughs> so he's awesome. not the asshole ghost.
1: He's like the, the antisocial ghost.
0: He's like, he's not even, you no, know, he seems like he has his own friends. He's not okay. antisocial. He just like doesn't like me specifically. <laughs> I'll like ask him to take out the trash and he'll like passive aggressively like like take the trash out of the garbage can and tie it up but leave it by the door okay not actually take it out so like i'm hoping that you can help me with this casper the not say are we doing
1: like a peer mediating situation or do you want me to cleanse your home no
0: (laughs) no i do not want to be mediated i want to eradicate casper the unfriendly ghost from my premises i'll get rid of him
1: great um well th- you've come to the right place because um as a child i i I, I, f- I felt like i was obsessed with having this like encyclopedic knowledge of of famous ghosts and different hauntings around the world um Of course you were just cuz i uh, i i i needed to have this knowledge um and some of these famous ghost sightings and like famous hauntings have had a lot of influence on the genre of paranormal horror which uh, with many famous cases, famous hauntings, famous ghosts going on to inspire the horror films that you
0: know and love. And yeah, we talk about horror films all the time. So that makes sense for this this year podcast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so today I would like to highlight um, just a few uh, famous ghosts and uh, famous hauntings in the the haunted Hall of Fame, uh, as it were. And um, you know, just kind of dive into maybe that you'll find some like relatable situations and come up with a solution of what to do with uh,
0: Let's do it. Hopefully Casper. by the end of this, Casper, the not so friendly ghost, will be out of this house.
1: By the way, welcome to the Great American Scream.
0: Hi, I'm Devin Wright. Hi,
1: I'm Adam O'Connell. Um, let's, let's, hey, you know what? Let's dive over right into it,
0: baby. Let's dive right in.
1: Um, I'm going to start with, with a, a pretty heavy hitter in, in the haunting history. Um, Devin, you ever heard of the Bell Witch?
0: Yeah. Uh, is this a gritty reboot of Beauty and the Beast and Belle's like a Oh, know,
1: oh, I see what you mean.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, do you see what I mean? I do. That's always a great that's a great improv uh reaction to give somebody. It's <laughs> do you not see? you you didn't, you know, the rule is yes and you just said yes. <laughs> I gave you I gave you something and you just said Yes, I like this. Thing. I'm no. You I'm trying pocket, <laughs> and you kept it
1: there. I'm trying to pro. Because at first, I thought you were talking about um, the the actual witch in Beauty and the Beast, the enchantress.
0: Oh, yes.
1: That that perhaps it was her. The new Disney live action spinoff is her. Like we're getting Cruella, but we also right.
0: get we're getting, the story of the enchantress from Beauty and the right, Beast, who for some reason is named the Bell Witch. But now because that I maybe s- it is Bell coming back, cursed the small boy. And now comes back and is a girl who reads a lot.
1: Sort of a time loop. She goes. Oh, it's a you'll...
0: looper situation. <laughs> Belle has to shoot her own self in a cornfield. That's good.
1: <laughs> she sort of sets it up. So she's like, you have to. Somebody has to learn to love you. Despite the fact that you're a beast. I can. Don't worry. I'll, like, I'm, I'm sure you'll find. Wink, wink. I'm sure you'll find. Now that I say this, enchant- this fake enchantress backstory movie out loud, I am realizing that i would watch it it, it um, does make more sense
0: than cruella yeah i'm gonna watch cruella too i'm, oh just, my. I'm, just, I'm gonna, gonna watch the hell out of it are you kidding me Cruella is <laughs> um, the most camp and the one of the gayest disney villains yeah of course i'm gonna watch it
1: um but so I, I let's talk about um besides this hypothetical film um perhaps her origin stories of the of, oh, of okay. historical yeah. bellwitch um she's arguably one of the most famous Ghost slash poltergeist slash spirit. You don't really know what to call her. That's the thing with the nomenclature of these. Um, there's technically differences between a ghost and a poltergeist and a spirit and an apparition. Technically, these are all different things. We yeah, kind of use them. the one in the TV. Y- y- well, yeah, you. the poltergeist. Yeah. Well, the thing about a poltergeist is that technically a poltergeist is not a person who has died. A poltergeist is just a level of spirit. They do not have to have been once living.
0: So just like a spirit from, from any time. Like, how does, okay, okay, yeah. let's talk about this. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so go so so person die become ghost. Yes, Yes. but existence of poltergeists uh, insinuate that there are ghosts that have never been alive.
1: No, because a ghost is there. uh, uh, There are no ghosts. Ghosts have to have been alive.
0: I'm using the word ghost a bit more generally. Okay, what do you mean? So like there is there are spirits just around. Who maybe have not been alive before, and they would be called poltergeists.
1: Yeah, specifically if they're assholes about it, because that's what a poltergeist okay. is. So, so what's a
0: normal? What's like a chill poltergeist? A
1: normal spirit who hasn't,
0: who's never been alive.
1: I mean, I guess that would be a, a an and apparition. Where the,
0: and where does the Bible fit into this? What, is, <laughs> what does Jesus have to say about this? Because I don't. So like. Ezra and I were talking about how the devil doesn't make much sense. I don't know why he would have humans do his work on Earth and then be like, when you get to the gates of hell, be like, I'm going to torture you forever. I think that he would be like, hell yeah, you did my work. Come join the party. And there's like a party going on in hell. What I want to know kind of on the same level is what the hell are all these, excuse my language, (laughs) these spirits doing just out and about? Is there? I get it. There's like a like there's a a world, kind of a fourth dimension, and the other the ghost dimension. The other side ghosts, of the veil. Ghosts live there. Yeah. But they also live in our world, like on top of us, kind I, of like a... I like guess a,
1: on top of us would be the best way to describe it because it's yeah. like, it's the other side of the veil, right? And basically the whole right. point is that it's always there, but we can't see through the veil, except on like sewing and like other... Right, but and my question is,
0: <laughs> what do they do over there when they're not, Passing over to our realm? Are there ghost stores? Is there a ghost economy? I'd like to think so. So, like, that brings my question in, which is if they're like living on top of us, why do we consider a ghost in our house to be like a haunting that we need to get rid of? Like, me with Casper the unfriendly ghost, why don't we think about it as the ghost is in his own ghost house on top of our real flesh house, not a flesh house? That's a different (laughs) thing. Brick house. Brick house. house. The ghost, human in brick house. Ghost in ghost house. Ghost house on top of brick house. Everybody lives happy and is just happy and free.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would I would not consider a ghost in my home to be a haunting. Rather, a treasured guest. It's like saying shark-infested waters. The sharks were there first.
0: Yeah. The ghosts that, that, were there first. How do we... Has anybody ever described a house as house-infested Ghost-infested house.
1: I think. Well, I mean, normally that language is more reserved for demons
0: as ghost-infested air, because the ghosts are there.
1: Well, (laughs) I guess you could, but I I would say infested is more the language of like demons. Demons are an infestation. Sharks
0: are demons. No, I don't think you should
1: call it shark-infested waters. The
0: sharks live there first. Okay, so I feel like this is a different podcast. I feel like feel like this is a spinoff. We have to start. Because I think everybody wants to know about this goddamn bellwitch.
1: Anyway, I Bell so
0: caught up in the vocab.
1: <laughs> the Bellwitch. She is a, a pretty legendary this is a pretty legendary tale in the south of the United States, especially for folks who live in Tennessee. This that's kind of like uh, Tennessee and Mississippi tend to be the biggest places for bellwitch lore. Um, okay. And the legend goes as follows. So the haunting begins in 1817 uh, when John Bell saw an apparition on his property that looked like a dog um which then disappeared and then he would continue to see strange apparitions along with his family his son uh, drew bell Drake saw one bell. Oh, okay. <laughs> saw one in the form of a bird and then his youngest daughter betsy uh saw a girl in a green dress who was like on a swing from an oak tree uh in yeah, their see, backyard that's
0: just her ghost swing on a ghost tree that just happens to be in the same place as our regular wood tree
1: yeah um, so then the family then began to hear knocking on doors and walls and the sounds of chains on the it's floor. Water. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. And then also the sound of like things like biting at the foot of their bed was, I don't know what that sounds like, but that's what it sounded like. like bites on the, on the kind of wood post. I guess like gnawing on the wood post of their bed for
0: your teeth, even um, if it is a dog.
1: So uh, and then sheets began to be pulled from the children's beds while they were sleeping at night. And whatever entity it was got physical, It would pull the hair of the family members, it would scratch the
0: children. You hate when an entity gets physical. You (laughs) usually want those kinds of interactions to stay verbal.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Healthy communication before physicality. Um, And particular emphasis was placed on Betsy, the youngest daughter, who was slapped Pinched and stuck with pins by the spirit, this poor child.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Wait, stuck with pins, incredibly creepy. Don't like it. Slapped and pinched. Pinched is like annoying. I mean, not ouch. scary. And slapped is just kind of humiliating. It's That's violent. Just, yeah, <laughs> it's it's poor violent, child. but not in a like the worst. You get from a slap is that it stings for a while afterwards, as opposed to just a regular hit. A slap again is just humiliating. <laughs> I mean, this is by a a little girl. Ghost. This poor little girl got just slapped. Yeah.
1: Um. So the bells uh, called upon their friend James Johnston, who apparently James knew about or, this kind of stuff. Okay. Um, and he confirmed the phenomena was a probably a spirit or a witch or a witch spirit.
0: Okay, but if it's a witch, that's a flesh person. We has
1: have has that's the talent. thing about this time. We haven't exactly confirmed whether or not like witches are people or if they're spirits or if they're both.
0: OK, um, this is an interesting twist. Okay. So
1: shortly after the bell, which began to speak to them out loud, um, telling them that, quote, I am a spirit. I was once very happy, but have been disturbed me. <laughs> that, that sounds like a blue oyster cult
0: lyric. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's me. That's just me. Um, so the spirit. Gave several reasons as to why it was in their house, uh, including the disturbance of a native burial ground, which is probably one of the places we get that trope from in horror movies comes from this yeah. tale. Um, it was really one of the first times it came up in writing. Um, it also yeah, this is wild. Is, this is just cruel. The Spear, uh, the Bell Witch sent Drew Bell, the son on a hunt for buried treasure
0: that didn't exist like is why the, would you do that the spirit is just kind of a like just kind of a jerk yeah like again not 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 like obviously malicious but not malignant like not enough to cause like death or anything yet I was gonna but say. like stick pins in person slap them pull their sheets out from off their bed send one of them on a wild goose chase for the lost city of Nortachico. Like what?
1: <laughs> Poor Drew Bell. I think that's the funniest part of this for me. Um, that, that's just effectively like older sibling bullying child sending them for something that yeah. doesn't
0: exist. Yeah, the um, Bell witch said that she would time him and if he made it in under five <laughs> days, she would give him a quarter.
1: Now, here's where it gets very interesting for me personally. Probably not for anybody else, but just for me. So okay. at times the spirit was kind and showed... Specifically great fondness for John's wife Lucy. Um, he would she would the spirit would give her fresh fruits and sing her hymns at night and called her, quote, the most perfect woman to walk the earth. I think the bell witch was gay.
0: Is this what uh is this what the Megan Fox Jennifer's body was based off
1: of? No, d- uh, definitely not. Definitely, well, without a doubt, no.
0: All right, new version with this lady. <laughs>
1: I think the Bell Witch was in love with Lucy, and that's why all this happened.
0: And I think that we should have just gotten John out of the picture and well, let him kind of live happily.
1: She went on to poison and kill John, the oh, Bell Witch God. did, <laughs> um, sometime before 1821. Um, again, furthering my theory that the Bell Witch was in love with Lucy. Um, and she would, um, during John's funeral, she interrupted like the mourners in the procession by singing drinking songs Oh, that's uh, very good. as they were all passing by, um, and so she then she then left the house in 1821 after John was dead. She had um, other stuff to do, um, but returned briefly, and she told the family she would return, and then she did return briefly in 1828. However, the family chose not to encourage her antics or just interact with her, and then she just left.
0: Think of a ghost like a bully; <laughs> just don't don't acknowledge them, and you take away their power effectively. That never yeah, works also.
1: Um, And so many skeptics of this story say that it's simply a folk legend, despite there being some uh, references to the story in writings from the 19th century, because we really don't have any like 100% uh, primary sources on this. It's mostly secondary right. sources um, from close to the time period. Um, Amy Fluker, who is a researcher on the Mississippi version of this legend, said that, quote, as a historian of collective memory, it matters very little to my research if the hauntings are real or not. It just mad—it does matter that people believe that they are. As a result, they can help us understand the perspectives in the case of 19th and 20th century Americans, which I think is the most important thing about the Bell Witch tale. It doesn't really matter if it yeah. happened, but culturally, it was very important.
0: Right. And I... I think you're right. My theory for this is the Bellwitch was just a lady, just mm-hmm. a regular lady, and she was, and she and John's wife Lucy were young gay lovers who had like a summer <laughs> fling, and they loved each other very much, and they mm-hmm. wanted to get married. But you know, it's the 1800s, and you couldn't like get married. Obergefell hadn't passed yet. You know, <laughs> Kennedy hadn't written his <laughs> most sanctimonious decision yeah. of his career. Uh, and so they were in love and then Lucy had to like leave to go be with John. Typical, sad, compulsive heterosexuality situation. She came back. I think the pins and pulling the sheets off, mm-hmm. that was just other stuff. That was Uh-oh. other, that, that wasn't her. Cause that would be very weird for a grown woman <laughs> to slap a young lady and, and pinch her in order to seduce him. her mom. Right. I think that's a weird way to go about it. I think she did send Drew on a wild goose chase because she thought it was funny. Subjectively <laughs> funny, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then she poisoned uh, John. They had a funeral. Lucy and the Bell Witch had fun singing drinking songs at the funeral. Oh, presumably was like,
1: Lucy was very sad, but the Bell Witch was thrilled. Well, about we don't it.
0: know that for sure. I guess That's we don't. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> then she just left, and it was very sad. Then Lucy became sad because her gay lover who saved her from compulsive heterosexuality then just vanished uh, like a like a whisper on the wind you know uh,
1: I, I I guess that's definitely one reading of it and again it's not it's not really important if it's, no no because it's not important if it went down that way or not it's important that you believe it went that down I that believe way it, which I do um, and this story would go on to famously inspire the Blair Witch Project which is was like the writers took directly from the story of the Bell Witch um, to kind of as a jumping off point, as well as several more direct retellings or, inter- or stories based around the Bell Witch herself. There's also a Bell Witch opera and ballet and several plays. Um, and it's considered it's got one of the historical the Bell Witch house where it was has that historical site marker in Tennessee. So you can go and visit it. People report feeling the Bell Witch's presence there. Several since modern hauntings, but none quite as prolific as the
0: original one in the 19th touches, century. Touches the ground. Something gay happened. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would
1: now that uh we've kind of got to meet the bell I like to talk about another lady. Um okay. another lovely lady. Um, this lady is the brown lady of Raynham Hall. Um this is the name that always pops up in my head when I think about ghosts. I don't know why she's the first one I think of. I think it's because her photo is one of the most famous ghost photos ever taken. Have you okay. ever seen the photo? Fo- if you've seen the photo of the apparition, it's the black and white photo of the apparition walking down the staircase, that's the brown lady of Random Hall. Um, you have probably, if you're into ghosts, you've probably seen the photo around somewhere.
0: Oh, there she is.
1: Yeah. Um, so she obviously haunts Random Hall in Norfolk, England. Um, She's allegedly the ghost of Lady Dorothy Walpole, the sister of Robert Walpole, who is regarded as the first prime minister of Great Britain. Uh, She was also the wife of Charles Townsend, uh, who was notorious for having a violent temper. This is all important. It's not just like listing the cast of Downton Abbey.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you weren't just giving me English history. Um,
1: So uh, Townsend, her husband, discovered that Lady Dorothy had committed adultery with some guy (gasps) named Lord Wharton. Um. So he locked her in a room in Raynham Hall for days. Um. She would remain in Raynham Hall until 1726 when she died of smallpox. She was not locked in this room the whole time. Um. This that's just why people think that she haunts the place because she was trapped in the room for a couple days. Right. So she has like unfinished business or the like. (laughs) Um, So the first recorded sighting of her
0: ghost. That sucks. Wait. Yeah. The idea of you like dying and having unfinished business and that's why you have to stay in this in this mortal world for a bit longer for her. It really sucks that she has to then like she spent so many mortal days in this awful house with this awful man Mm -hmm. and then she's stuck in it as a ghost.
1: Yeah. That That sucks. sucks. Um, the first recorded sighting of her wasn't until 1835, uh, almost a more than hundred years after she died, um, by a Lucia C. Stone and a few other guests at a Christmas gathering that was happening at Raynham Hall. Ooh. Um, guests were heading back to their rooms for the evening and they saw her as they, uh, approached their rooms in the hallway, uh, noting the dated brown dress that she wore as well as the specter's empty eye sockets and glowing face.
0: Yeah, the thing that tipped them off, you know, because a lot of aristocrats in it in the 1800s had empty eye sockets and glowing faces. That was just kind of the look. Uh, They all wanted to look like they had tuberculosis. But they saw the dated brown dress and they were like, ooh, that's very, very 1700s. I'm not into it. That must be a ghost.
1: Um, And some of the staff permanently left the hall after the first sighting, which is like,
0: that's just an excuse. That's They've the been thing. Wanting to leave.
1: <laughs> Is that after like the third or fourth, I get it. But the first time, and you're like, "Peace!" Like there yeah, was something else going another, on.
0: Yeah, they just wanted to leave. Which, of course, they did. They weren't. I'm sure they weren't unionized. Yeah, there weren't any benefits.
1: Um, the next sighting was in the following year by a captain of uh, Frederick Marriott, a friend of Charles Dickens, who keeps coming up in this show because that that Thank that man Charles. he loved ghosts. Um, who stayed in the allegedly haunted room of the hall. He theorized that the haunting was a myth popularized by local smugglers to keep people away from the area so they could do their smuggling. Um, And uh, Captain Marriott's daughter wrote of his experience. I've heard him describe how he watched her approaching nearer and nearer through the chink of the door until as she was close enough for him to distinguish the colors and style of her costume, he recognized the figure as the facsimile of the portrait of the Brown Lady. He had Mm -hmm. his finger on the trigger of his revolver and was about to demand it to stop and give the reason for its presence there. When the figure halted of its own accord before the door behind which he stood and holding the lighted lamp she carried to her features, grinned in a malicious and diabolical manner at him. The act so infuriated my father, who was anything but lamb-like in disposition, that he sprang into the corridor with a bound and discharged the revolver right in her face. The figure instantly disappeared. Uh, the figure at which for several minutes, three men had been looking together and the bullet passed through the outer door of the room on the opposite side of the corridor and lodged in the panel of the inner one. My father never attempted again to interfere with the brown lady of Rainum.
0: What that You know what energy that has? Yeah. The best line in any Marvel movie ever, which is Taika Waititi as... Uh, As Korg saying "Piss off, ghost!" and trying to (laughs) kick the kick the wall. That's this man. I basically yeah. Ghost smile at him and being like, "Get away!" (laughs) Shooting her dead in the face as if that's gonna do anything. It's a ghost, bro.
1: Yeah, like I always read these news, especially historical accounts with ghosts. Like, what's the game plan, gang? Like, what? Like, what we gonna do? You gonna catch it? Understand
0: that. Yeah, that's how you understand that people just like left their work. They just left their job in 1800s England because they saw a ghost. Like, that is the only escape is the only option. Like, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Yeah. It's a ghost. Like, Like, you can't fight it. You're gonna
1: talk to it? You're gonna catch it? Well, you wanna take it around in your like cabinet of curiosities? Or like, what's going on? Like,
0: if you're gonna take it with you, how? How are you gonna? (laughs) There's no ghost capture mechanic.
1: She's not going to be happy with you if you point a gun on her, even if it's, like, even if she can't get hurt from it.
0: Yeah, and not, and, but before, it's, like, why are we thinking about the psychological effects on the ghost of pulling a gun on a ghost? That shouldn't even occur to you. Yeah. You can't pull a gun on a ghost. It's not going to work, dog. It's a ghost.
1: (laughs) So... The, the famous photograph that everybody has seen of the brown lady was taken in 1936 um, when a photographer that was working for Country Life magazine uh, came to photograph Random Hall for an article. Um, and he and his assistant, a Mr. Shira, uh, they were kind of setting up a shot to take a picture of the staircase um, when they saw a, quote, a vapory form gradually assuming the appearance of a woman. So they very quickly snapped a photo. And when it was developed, it revealed the brown lady on the steps. Um, The photo was published in Country Life magazine and was then reviewed by Harry Price, the author of Confessions of a Ghost Hunter, who we briefly mentioned in the Paranormal Investigations episode as well. Um, And he said, quote, I will say at once I was impressed. I was told a perfectly simple story. Uh, Mr. I don't know how to pronounce Mr. Shira's first name, Indra. Uh, yeah, Indra would, yeah. uh, Mr. Indra Shira saw the apparition descending the stairs at the precise moment when Captain Provan's head was under the black cloth. You have to imagine they're taking, like, the old-timey picture right, where they go right. under the thing and they hold up the thing. Um, a shout, and the cap was off and the flashbulb fired with the results which we now see. I could not shake their story. I had no right to disbelieve them. Only collusion between the two men would account for the ghost if it is a fake. The negative is entirely innocent of any faking. Which, like, thank you, Mr. Price, but this is very... He's like... Well, two, these two guys, they done took that picture and how could they have faked it? Like th- yeah. there's no other reason. That the phrase gives.
0: only collusion between the two men would account for the ghost. Yeah. But like I, this style of writing is very good. A shout and the cap was off and the flashbulb fired. <laughs> like that, good job. Good job, Harry Price. Good writing. I don't care if it's a fake picture. This is a great, this is great prose, Mr. Price. <laughs>
1: um so critics have accused shira of faking the photograph by smudging the lens with something to create the figure or that it is the result of an accidental double exposure there's also it, the theory of course that it was some other image superimposed onto right. this one
0: that's it seems like um, the the haunted mansion ghost sightings yeah just you know yeah or staged using a, a bed double sheet exposure yeah
1: um, the biggest theory seems to be that, like, based on the the way the brown lady is standing and some photos of a statue of the Madonna, the Virgin Mary, um, ah. that it is a superimposed picture and edited picture of the Virgin Mary that was put onto the steps as um, the brown lady. But um, again, Random Hall, big tourist attraction. Now you can still go and look for the brown lady. That's the thing about all these places, too, is that they're still constantly investigated by paranormal investigators, all finding yeah. a vast variety of different things. Good For them, um, so the last haunting I would like to talk about, um, one of my personal favorite famous hauntings. Uh, I would like to talk about the Sally House, um, another okay. third lady. This is all
0: women, the ladies, women. Only on this podcast.
1: <laughs> women, um, so the Sally House is located in uh, Atchison, Kansas, um, and it is widely believed to be infested with a some kind of malignant spirit or ghost or a demon.
0: Now we're talking.
1: Um, so the house was built in the 19th century um, and it has had several deaths in it, but the house did not display any sort of evil until the 90s, the 1990s. <laughs> OK, OK. Um, not the first indication of paranormal activity, but definitely the most famous and the most dangerous and dire after Deborah and Tony Pickman moved in with their dog and their newborn baby. Um, they moved in December of 1992 and they first started to notice a few strange things in the house. Um, their newborn baby would wake up every hour um, in the middle of the night, and their dog would bark incessantly at the entrance to the nursery. At one point, their neighbor asked them why they keep the lights in the nursery on all night, to which was news to them because they always turned it off when the baby went to sleep. Ooh. Um so in 1993, uh, Deborah and Tony went into the nursery and they found all these stuffed animals in the room arranged uh, facing outwards and arranged in a circle on the floor. Um, See, now
0: we know it wasn't a ghost. It was a Toy Story situation.
1: <laughs> well, honestly, because they thought that they were playing a prank, like one of them was playing a prank on the other. So they were like, haha, very funny. And they set it all back yeah. up. Um, and then later on that evening, they ca- and they turned off the light. And then later on, they came back in, found the light turned on, and there was like a teddy bear that they had put on a chair that was knocked onto the floor. <gasps> Not, <Spooky>. Mr. <laughs> Not Mr. Barrington. Not Mr. Barrington. So freaked out. They left the house shortly after to stay with Tony's parents. However, while they were leaving, Tony felt this kind of like sharp pain on his back and then found three kind of big scratch marks going down ah. his back. Um, and this it would happen a, several more times.
0: It was a werewolf. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we never thought about the fact that We'd, it could be a werewolf.
1: I guess um so they they consulted a psychic who discovered that there was a spirit in the house that called itself Sally. Um and then later on in 1993 Tony saw an apparition of a little girl in the tw- in 20th century clothing in the kitchen. Um and he sketched out the the the, the picture of the girl that he saw. And so, a former resident also reported that her five-year-old daughter used to be to play with an imaginary friend named Sally. And when Tony showed her the drawing, she confirmed that that was her imaginary friend.
0: The drawing that Tony made. Yes. Okay. Of the
1: girl that he saw in his kitchen.
0: How would she know what her child's imaginary friend? was? No, she showed
1: it to the. He showed it to the 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 now oh, grown the girl. girl. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, fire it, it got worse. Fires okay. would start inexplicably in different areas of the house. Lamps and furniture began to fly. Um, and at one point, uh, Sally appeared over Tony's bed and grabbed his wrist, which left burn marks on his wrist.
0: Fire um, demon, fire demon. Tony,
1: fire demon. Tony also reported feeling angry and depressed while he was in the house and had several thoughts of killing Deborah while living in the house that he could not explain or shake.
0: I don't think that was Sally though. That Sally just seems like a nice fire demon. I think there's a different demon. It's, okay, okay, okay. So
1: they finally moved out in 1994. They said we haven't enough. We've had enough of this. We've. Um,
0: done. <laughs> you lasted two years. You didn't stop. You were. I mean, like, that's a lot. That's a long time. It's a long time to deal with the fire demon in the home. Yeah.
1: Um. So a family moved in shortly after, a family of four, and reported no paranormal activity. They were like, everything's good. Um, but then on a surprise visit from their landlord, uh, their landlord allegedly found a pentagram in their basement, as well as an altar, ah. a black
0: kettle and a black robe. See, of course, they didn't report any paranormal activity. They moved in and they made friends with the fire demon and all was good in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So that's this is, all you need. If you have a demon in your home, sell your home to some cultists. To some Satan
1: worshippers. So this is where it gets like like where the demon thing comes out is that they they looked into the house and there was only ever one resident uh that lived in in the house named sally but it was a 34 year old woman who lived there uh in the 1800s or in the 1900s rather um so there was never a young child in the house named sally so um the the theory that it is a demon is that sometimes when demons like Possess a house and want to gain the trust of humans. They take the form of children um, in order to like feed off their energy better. Um, And so they believe that the demon lives in the basement where the pentagram was found. Um, Even though the demon, I guess the demon had been there beforehand. And then when the new family came in, they were like, sick, Well, this is where we'll put our pentagram. Um,
0: perfect. This is where we'll do it. They went down there and they found the furnace and they were like, Oh, they found the furnace was empty, no oil in it. And they went, Oh, this is a kind of symbiotic relationship. Demon feeds off of our life energy just a little bit, and they fuel our furnace and we get heat for free.
1: Yeah. Um, nobody lives at the Sally House now. It is a tourist attraction. You can pay to take a tour of it, but you can and you can even pay, I think it's like $150 per person to stay there Mm -hmm. overnight. Um, Do you want to stay
0: there overnight? Make friends with Sally the Demon. I
1: would like to. It is a little expensive okay. for my tastes. Yeah. Um, uh, also, you have to. You can't sleep in like the beds. Like all the furniture is still there. You can't Can sleep in the bed. In the you have to. Um, no, the basement is. You are not allowed to go into the basement. The basement is what the closed. hell? Um, you have to sleep in a sleeping bag. Uh, the house okay. does have water and electricity, um, but you are also not and allowed Wi-Fi. To, I don't. They didn't mention Wi-Fi on the website. Okay. Um, you are not allowed to attempt to cleanse the house. Or perform a seance slash use a Ouija board, which I get because like if you cleanse the house, there goes some of the tourist money.
0: Yeah. And also it's this is Sally's house. (laughs) Like it's already kind of not in poor taste to like make it a tourist destination. The only thing that Sally's getting out of it is a little bit of that life juice that she gets to suck out of the tourists that come there. And I guess she's okay with it. And maybe that was you know, that's why the basement is closed is because like that's her space. You know, when you do like an Airbnb, you have one room that's like off limits, and all the <laughs> yeah. stuff goes into. That's Sally with the basement, and like that makes sense. But like to try and like like this is her side gig. This isn't her main thing. Yeah, you're not allowed. You're gonna stay in her house, and you're gonna try to Ouija board with her. No,
1: no, her house. Don't
0: interrupt her work. Um,
1: BuzzFeed Unsolved did pretty famously investigated this house and stayed there overnight, or at least attempted to. I think they left at like three thirty, um, in the morning. We but um, um, they got, got several like instances of paranormal activity on tape, um, including they were like they brought in a paranormal another paranormal investigator and they had they like put a flashlight in the counter and they were like if you don't want us to be here turn the flashlight on and the flashlight turned on.
0: Um, very spooky. and they didn't leave right then.
1: No, they stayed. What
0: <laughs> people? We need to respect the wishes of fire demons. I'm they- telling you. Listen, I know this might be controversial. I don't want to, you know, I don't like to be politically correct in this in this twenty twenty one time. I'm saying maybe we respect the wishes of of magical fire demons.
1: That's fair. Um, they got to go into the basement and check out the, the, the pentagram's not there anymore, but there is a huge black mark on the floor that nobody oh, can the seem to clean.
0: culture, where the, the <laughs> culture they get all this access. <laughs> where the pentagram is.
1: Um. So now that you've heard about these ladies, um, Devin. Do you have any 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 theories or things you're gonna try to to cleanse your home of this ghost?
0: Um, I would like a D. De- uh, okay, so I still want Casper out of the house. Okay, not for like any anti-ghost sentiment, but just because like he specifically he's not, he's, he's not pulling his weight. <laughs> what I would like is I could do like a roommate swap with somebody. And oh, okay. I get a demon of some kind. Would you, would, would if like you to had to
1: swap, sw- if you send Casper in like a ghost exchange program, would you pick mm-hmm. the bell witch, the brown lady or Sally?
0: Pro- okay. So my my gut says Sally because of the free heating Okay. Um, involved. Uh, but we've had a problem where our radiators kind of are always on full blast. Mm-hmm. So I'd like a kind of, I'd like a, a demon, a, a different temperature control demon. Okay. One not mentioned here. Maybe like an electricity demon. Okay. That could, so I don't have to pay Con Ed anymore. That's fair.
1: Um, I feel like I would love to room with the Bell Witch. Um, okay. I feel like sometimes she'd be like a little much. It's like, hey, I'm, I need to do work. Like, I, I I love that you want to party right now. I need to do work. Um, <laughs> I love
0: that you want to party.
1: <laughs> um, But I think she'd be a, a fun roommate. And also if she liked me, she would give me fresh fruit, um, which is nice because then I don't have to yeah, to the grocery store. Yeah, she resource. does seem
0: pretty fun. Um, she the, does sing drinking songs. I
1: think though that the brown lady would be the chillest roommate. She minds her business.
0: Yeah. I think that if the brown lady, I wouldn't be able to live with the brown lady because I would want to help her solve her like unsolved thing, you know? Okay. Yeah. Like, that's, that's fair. You know, and that's too much of an investment. You know, I do have my that's own a lot, yeah. going on and it's kind of emotionally unhealthy for, for me to be so invested in, uh, you know, the kind of. The the spectral needs of a of a partner like that, you know.
1: Um, and also another option, instead of rooming with any of them, um, third third option, um, okay. the brown lady and the bellwich get married and take care of their beautiful loving daughter Sally.
0: <laughs> that is the pro- that's good. I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah. That seems like the best for all, for all the of them. involved <laughs> And then they get a big sign that says no boys allowed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is the girl's house. Uh yeah, I'm glad that I've I've been able to be of assistance in your uh in, yeah, in your ghost good. troubles.
0: I'll I'll keep you all updated about where Casper is going next. Uh and just to be clear, this is the small white ghost boy. This is not a uh, friend of the pod. A friend of podcast. Casper, <laughs> uh writer and star of, of acclaimed podcast jar review uh, available wherever you get your podcast listen to it. They this can haunt this- my place if they want to. They're welcome.
1: They're welcome. They don't have to
0: ask. They yeah, but casper the ghost boy white and pale he's the one i'm
1: yeah there can only he's be one
0: one i dream of but not actually, <laughs> but not in a good so way weird. in a nightmare uh, just listening to that song because it's a very good song anyway this has been the great of <laughs> Scream. uh if you enjoyed this episode please leave a rate and review if you're listening on itunes give us a follow if you're on spotify and share it on social media that's the best way to spread the word word of mouth and I think that I think that's it. Adam, our social medias,
1: please. <laughs> yeah, you can follow us on Instagram uh, or more frequently on Twitter at Great Screen pod or on Facebook at The Great American Scream. Um, please let us know. Uh, a, which of these three ladies you would want to room with, and also B, if you, what are your favorite famous ghosts, famous hauntings? Send them our way. I'd love to talk more about famous hauntings. We literally only talked about three, so I'd love to do more. Uh, you can tweet at us or post using the hashtag TGAS. And as always, uh, if there is something you would like to hear about on the show, please tweet it at us or post because your suggestion may become the topic of a future episode.
0: Yes. Special thank you goes out to Michael Segura, who does the disclaimer at the beginning of the show, as well as Stevie Viola, who does some music at the beginning and end the show you can find him on youtube special thank you goes out also to our current patrons at patreon.com slash pod check us out there thank you to ben eric casper brie gail joyce brucker melinda and chris i've been devin wright i have been Anna mcconnell and hopefully you have been spooked go cleanse those homes but not sally's house she not lives sally's there house. and that's for her
1: just do it safely